0: stop stop <laughs> all right to the to the unsuspecting internet this is the chapter by chapter live class at crossroads assembly of God in Greenville and uh, I am Kevin Evans the uh, teacher is too too generous I'm the moderator, the moderator. yeah exactly. and um, We are uh, studying uh, the the Gospels, and we are are coming to the end, or at least the last quarter, of the book of John. And at this point in uh, John's uh, Gospel, Christ has uh, spoken to his disciples and given his final teachings at the Last Supper, and Judas has uh, left to go gather the troops to arrest Jesus, and Christ has left the upper room and he has been giving his final warnings to his disciples about what's about to happen. Uh, he knows he's about to be arrested and John in chapter 17 records uh, a prayer. Christ prays. Uh, he's probably in the, what is it called, the- Valley there, right beside the, uh, the 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 temple. He's probably within sight of the temple, uh, going into uh, the, the the Mount of Olives where the Garden of Gethsemane is, which where where, where we know he is arrested and just within a, within an hour of here. Um, I would think that he's already in the garden because that's where he's going to pray. You know, which was his uh, uh, pattern and. Uh, in any case, we don't really know where this happened, but uh, John records this very long prayer. It is the longest prayer that we have uh, recorded Jesus praying, and uh, which means that he was praying out loud and that John heard it.
1: Some people say that this should be called the Lord's Prayer and that what we call the Lord's Prayer should be called the Disciples' Prayer. This should be the
2: Disciples' Prayer? No, this should be
0: I'm just saying that's
1: what some people say.
0: Speak loud and I'm jokes. sorry. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, it's
1: semantics, I know, but it just it's just interesting how this is, you know,
0: his heart. Yes, uh, well, I, I have no problem with that actually. So, so just as far as setup goes. Um, <laughs> What is he mumbling about? Okay. Uh, Chapter 17, verse 1. I'm going to read just the verse 5, and it comes in three sections. Uh, First, Christ prays for himself. Then he prays for his disciples. And then he prays for the church. And really, you can look at this prayer. It's very planned. It's very focused. He knows exactly what he's saying every word in each part is progressive he's not wandering through a stream of consciousness kind of prayer like i generally pray he's
2: also praying for
0: god to glorify him. Uh, yes and he's praying about salvation and 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 uh, the relationship of man and god it's all about you know heaven it's about salvation and so uh, in, in, in every part of this is focused on that. So we're going to start with the first uh, section where he prays about himself. And this is verse 1 through 5. Uh, after Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed. And, and I'm in the NIV, which is the, 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 the Bible God wrote. Just just <laughs> let, you, let you know. It's not Bill's Bible, which is not, obviously, the Bible that God wrote. Okay, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have, have given him. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, the Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave to me. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Okay, first of all. Here comes a stupid thing you're going to say. Thank you. Uh, Jesus and God are the same person. And the Holy Spirit is the same. They're all one. He says that in his prayer. But Jesus feels the need to talk to himself. No, you're not. This is not one
2: this is not apostolic, and it's not oneness. There is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the, they're different. They're, there's, they're
0: different, but they're, but they're the same person.
2: But they're all, they're all one, but they're different. And, you know, I like the way mine says, says it a little bit better. It says, "The Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. And thou hast given him power over all flesh, and he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is the life that eternal, the life eternal, that they might know Thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. So see that kind of right there tells you they're two different people.
3: Yeah, you know, Jesus, Jesus is God in the flesh. So we know that God, our Father, is the spirit. So that makes Him less than the Father. Project, okay. I can't hear you. You're mumbling in the back with the microphone. Okay. Jesus is God in the flesh. Okay. Our Father is a spirit, so because He is born of flesh, makes Him less than the Father. Ooh! Ooh. That's what makes Him the that Son. I he was of born born <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm not even going to address that one. I'm just going to oh. uh, What about
1: my, I and my Father were
0: one then?
3: Yeah, yeah. It's one in authority. That first, as soon as I find it. Give me a moment.
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I brought this up just so that I could cause trouble. Uh Um, There is no way that we, within our own human understanding, okay, I know, I know I said, I know I argued about this last week. I know. I'm a hypocrite. (laughs) I'm a hypocrite. I don't think that we can truly understand what the triune God is, quoting a commentator. Uh, Jesus is three persons in one. Uh, Just because they're all one person doesn't mean they're not three people. So in this case, Christ, who is the human manifestation of God, feels the need to commune with God the Father. And looking through the Gospels, he does this a lot. He, he goes out in the morning and he prays alone. He isolates himself and he prays alone. He prays aloud. He, he goes in the evening after preaching all day and he prays alone, uh, uh, communing with the Father. And he knows the Father better than anybody has ever it would seem like he's the last person that needs to pray but he prays more than i ever have
2: he's trying to set an example
0: i think it's more than that
2: also that's how he gains his strength i mean the things that he had to go through he had he had to, he had to cast out demons he healed the sick he did all of this you think about the drain on him and the strength that he needed and if he didn't pray for god to give him that strength he might have just.
1: He set aside his divinity. Yeah. And came as man as well.
2: Fully God, fully man. The man
1: side, I'm not going to say he's half happy. That's one thing you can't explain. But the flesh part of him needed to show us how much we need the Holy Spirit. He He set aside his divinity. In his office, he is the Son of God. In essence, he is equal to God. Yeah. And so when we're, ta- when we're talking about that, we're talking about this is him performing in his office, which is on the coming in the flesh. He came in an office of serving his father, but in his divinity side is, in the essence, equal to God.
0: Wow, it's like you did your homework on this passage. That was awesome. I was going to say something very much like that. Yeah, exactly. he kind of
3: goes into the detail. It says, for he was made lower than the angels, which is like us, because he was born of flesh. But he had given power, honor, and glory, and authority all over heaven and earth. You
2: know, he actually, in the end, he became, and I've always wondered who Melchizedek
0: was. Melchizedek?
2: Yeah, I've always wondered if that was possibly Christ way back then. I don't know, but evidently he was a different person because in Hebrews it says that God said that Christ would be a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Mel- Melchizedek. Sorry, I can't say that word exactly right. But, and, you know, I've always wondered about that, too, you know. But this is where you get into, and this is where people, they twist the scriptures around to make things fit. It's like, and I'm not trying to condemn any religion, but it's that's kind of where the oneness, they come in the same way. They cannot accept that there's three. They, ex- they say it's kind of like this way, Je- Jesus, God locked up heaven and came down here to be Jesus. But that can't make sense because who was he praying to if he locked up heaven and came down here and, you know, was the same person, you know? So that's something, it's just a mystery. It's one of those mysteries that we.
1: Well, we got to go to Hebrews where you he say, when you serve a high priest who came in flesh, to experience everything we experience because that's what was the purpose of his, one of the purposes of his office, and not only to glorify the Father, but to come and show us. Way how a person in the flesh, you know, us, can commune with God, but it does not deny His divinity part as well.
0: In this passage, oh. He asks for two Let's things. I'll, I'll get back to you just a minute, okay? Uh, he starts off by saying uh, that your son may be, may glorify your son. That's what it begins with. And then he ends with, "And now, Father, glorify me in Your presence." So He asks for this twice. But the context of it is different. And in the first one, he, he literally is asking for God to glorify his office, as you said, because he has a job and he knows that he's about to do the thing that he came to do. And he wants God to uh, be, be control of that. He wants God's will in this thing that's about to happen. So, so he's praying for the job in that glorify your son. In the end it's and now father glorify me in your presence with the glory i had with you i think it's he knows he's going to die and he's praying to be restored to to heaven to to to, to reside beside uh the father so he's actually praying for himself in that case My and so you know in order to go back to heaven. Mine has a side note that
2: goes along with what you're saying. Mine says he's praying for... He just butts in,
0: Kenny. If you just... you, you got to talk over
2: it. It says he's praying for restoration to his former glory.
0: Okay. Kenny's right. up. Go.
2: All right. Um, side note about the um, Trinity. Uh, Lutheran satire has a great little skit <laughs> about St. <laughs> Patrick meets two... Uh, I, I yes. was thinking about it. Figured so out. check it out. It's educational. It's funny. And it goes through some of the common heresies that we do when we try to explain the Trinity.
1: Yeah. It's a t- it of hilarious.
0: you're trying to back up what I'm saying is uh, greater than okay back to the subject Joe back this up a little bit yeah in John <laughs> chapter 10
3: in John chapter 10 verse 28: 29 it describes no one can snatch you out of my hand and then it says my father who is greater than me is greater than all so that's one indication that he says his father is greater than he and then in John chapter 14 verse 28 it says very clearly that his father is greater than he. How can the same be greater and lesser? Because he's born of flesh, That makes him lower than
1: the angels, but he's given authority. That's his office. So his father, flesh,
3: his essence is, his is the only one more powerful than he. This is what Scripture says, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> but now, we're
2: back. But back to what you said a while ago. You are save us, Bill. You are correct in what you said because it says he's praying for restoration to his former glory. I mean, he left the glory of heaven and and he he actually gave away his glory to come, like you said, to become a man and to become human. But now he's praying, God, when I die, restore that glory back to me.
1: Well, he's got to feel in some way weaker in a human vessel than he is in his full divinity, I would think. So he's saying, God, let me... Glorify You let me fulfill what I need to do, even though I'm in a weakened vessel at
0: this point. That's my thought. If if you had lived in heaven for eternity, yeah, and then you had to yeah. come down here slumming it with us, yeah. wouldn't you want to go back? Yes, I would. <laughs> even maybe. when I'm on a good vacation, oh, at the end of the vacation, all I want to do is go
1: to my office. This is an office yeah. that's talking about. But we do see him who was made for just a little while lower than the angels. His office made him lower than the angels. Uh, namely, Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor to that by the grace of God, he might take death for everyone. Uh, I'm skipping uh, Yeah, Where did I go? I lost my place. But, it, it, you know, he, he, he humbled himself. He humbled himself. He voluntarily took this office and lowered himself below. According to the scripture, temporarily. His essence stayed the same. He is equal to God in his essence. Point for you. Serve to you. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) he's (laughs) leaving.
2: leaving his disciples I really think that was one of the hardest things for him because he was leaving the disciples he knew he'd done everything he could for them but he still I think in a, being the human side of him he didn't
0: know which is directly goes into verse 6 but before we go on to the next passage there's one more thing uh, he might give eternal life to all those uh, you have given him and there's a nice Calvinist reference yeah, in there. Yeah, okay, I, I, I was waiting in you to pounce on it. Everybody fits a um, Calvinist in here. I'm not. I I, <laughs> I know, and uh, which kind of implies there's certain people that have been given to Christ. But this is this is Christ talking to God the Father, and when we accept Christ, we're given to Christ. If that makes any kind of sense, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I stole that from a commentator, and I forgot where I got it from. But um, it's it's just it, it got you know. This is like an intimate conversation between the, the between the Trinity, and so and so. I think that the way you, they just Christ the word choice with Christ might be a little different. And then he defines eternal life. Now this is eternal life, and I. I I rant about definitional sermons, So, uh, as I look at all the preachers that love those, um, where they say, this is the word in Greek, and that's kind of like this other word in Greek. So what Paul is trying to say, but wait, it's like another word in Greek. So it's not exactly what Paul was trying to say. Anyway, uh, Christ is doing a definitional sermon here, so I have to back off. Uh, Now, this is eternal life. He's defining eternal life. And it's not what you think. That, you may, that that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sinned. I mean, that, I assume that's what that semicolon means, right? That's the definition, that this is eternal life. That you may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sinned. So eternal life is knowing the Father?
2: It says no man can come to Christ except through the Father. I mean, no man can come to God except through Christ. So you know, no man can
0: know the Father.
2: Well, no, man. It also there's a description the there. So was eternal just, life is presence within the
0: is is standing in the presence of God. Is that what eternal life is? That's the point. I mean,
1: it's it's a it's, it's, it's making him a lord.
3: Father and we are His children, so that's the relationship that we will have for everlasting, everlasting. Yes. So a family, you know.
2: Actually, everyone will see God face to face at the day of judgment. Whether they're right or or wrong, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna see Him, and they're gonna get get told one way or
3: another which direction they're going. (laughs) And that's the amazing thing. That's gonna be Jesus. But you know, the Bible says in John chapter ten, I think it's verse twenty-two, it describes His children as God's. Take it out real quick, John chapter 10, since we're in John
0: anyway. People keep throwing rabbits into my yard and chasing around in <laughs> 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 It's a joke, it was a John joke. Charles, yeah. verse,
3: uh, excuse me, starting off at verse 34. If you want to read it real quick, why don't you read it real quick? You I seem to really, really want to. I says, Jesus answered them, Is it not written in Said that you are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, then the Scripture cannot be broken. I stop stopped there. So okay. it says very clearly. You know, when when we become believers and we walk as Christ's image, we become brothers to Christ. So who is Christ? Christ is God. So we become many gods. You have to look at the words
1: there. The words translated judges. You were called judges. It's not divinity God. It's judge. Did it
0: Tinsdale fail, fail us there? Yes, he did. Okay. Because, right,
1: he's got, he even got that in my study you notes. Know, this is not a divine description of the term God, it's the, it goes towards judge.
3: Point to you, Joe. Scripture says what it says. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. Next. Uh, yes. Next. Let's move. Verse six. Verse six. Okay. Uh, Christ prays for himself, and then he prays for his disciples. And uh, I'm going to read verse six through verse nineteen, and we'll see what we can find there. I revealed to you, to those whom you gave me out of the world. I have revealed to you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, for those you have, but for those for you have given me. For they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction, so that Scripture would be fulfilled. John likes to throw in that Judas reference when he can.
3: And that Uh, one's a little scary. I don't mean to interrupt. That one's a little scary because it kind of indicates those that are doomed to destruction, so the lost sheep.
0: He's just he's talking about Judas. Yeah. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the word has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that they protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not in it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. So he's praying for his disciples. He's praying for the twelve, and uh, he's he's lifting them up to the Father. And he's got two imperatives here. He says to keep them. So Lord, protect these men. They're taking over from me. And then he says to sanctify them. So you think he's just
3: talking directly to the 12 or all of his disciples through all creation? I
0: think in this <laughs> section, he's talking about the 12. Uh, okay. uh, I don't think he's talking about the whole church because he specifically starts praying about the whole church at verse 20.
3: Because we know that Judas is not doomed to hell. Know, I don't know what, what Judas
0: is doomed for.
3: Well we know he's gonna be in paradise. We know that you know in the new in the revelation it talks about the new Jerusalem and it gives description of the twelve fountains with each name of, of his uh, disciples. Apostles. But Matthias replaced Judas in heaven. Judas can't go
2: into heaven because he
3: had killed himself. He well hung in word him. scripture didn't say interesting. Interesting. he hung himself. But Jesus has the power to forgive whoever he chooses. Yeah, but I don't think. Joseph
0: <laughs> uh, what do you
2: think, Jim? I don't think Judith was to have it.
0: Jump in. You're being so quiet <laughs> nice over there. Trying to <laughs> look good for you, sister. I'm, so I'm soaking in the <laughs> 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 I don't think... Uh, he usually uh,
3: leaves the it charge. Doesn't, it doesn't. <laughs> <come> <laughs> and, and, <laughs> it does <laughs> I mean, he picked him to begin with, knowing that this was going to take place. So he wouldn't have made him a disciple in the first place if he was doomed to destruction meaning as far as not being able to enter the kingdom of heaven. So I think what he's talking about more likely, it's just my opinion. He's kind of describing those that, you know, kind of like the, the branch and the vine, those that are doomed to destruction, which is destruct, you know, destroyed. So that's why I think he's we not just indicating... Verse 20 oh, says, exactly.
0: My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. I think he's t- blessing the 12 because it's not just them, it's everybody they're going to talk to. Yeah. Okay. Well, which said, would suggest the 12. Also, notice he doesn't say 12, he says the disciples. He's oh, okay. not saying bless the, right. the 12 it, the disciples. Well, Joe says he didn't give their names, so.
2: Amazing how you changed them from <coughs> disciples to apostles after his
0: ascension. Always explain, t- explain why they one
2: They're disciples here, but when you get to Acts, they've been changed over to apostles,
0: which means witness, right? Am I wrong? Yeah. It means like witness the resurrection? A disciple is follower. So
2: I just thought that, that was unique. After the ascension, they became apostles. <laughs> well, is it like entertaining the "what if." What if Judas hung back? Oh no, oh, bad choice words. <laughs> hung back instead of uh, you know killing himself. Was <coughs> he saw the resurrection? He could have redemption just like you know the other. You're right. He other. could. He could. it's so, but he. he Took that chance away when he hung himself.
3: What about the people on the cross? Why do you think he was being crucified? Do you think it was just for stealing, or do you think he? Yeah, it but
2: he had. Uh, one had to re, had to ask Christ to save him to see him in paradise. He never asked
3: Christ to save him. He said, "Remember me."
2: Well, yeah, but, it's, but Christ to took it to the same. Him. Christ took it the same way. <laughs> Judas didn't have a chance to repent. You can't repent after you kill yourself. And one of the commandments is thou shalt not kill, and when you kill yourself, you're killing.
0: Martin. Yeah, I'm not jumping <laughs> on that yeah, one. I, I, I don't know, know where I, I stand on we'll it, right, but I I, know, I, I'm not tackling it.
2: I don't take the Catholic stance of suicide equals hell. So, so um, I think
0: He just called you a Catholic. you yeah, see that? you no, see no, that? you no, see no, that? You're no, gonna no, take that from him?
3: Yeah, well, <laughs> the good thing about it, what you're saying is, is because the Bible specifically about murder, so if you commit suicide, you. you're murdering yourself. The Bible says <laughs> hey, it's that you okay. have hate in your heart, or if you're angry with your brother, then you have murdered him. I right? think God judges case by case.
0: Okay. Uh, Cosmos. Where is it? they are still in the world okay I will remain in the world no longer but they are still in the world and I'm coming to you holy father protect them by the power of your name Uh, uh, while I was with you I protect you he mentions the world I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them Uh, he's basically saying that they need to stay in the World. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth, your word is true. And uh, the, the Greek in the world is cosmos, and the word cosmos is pretty consistent through the passage. However, the word cosmos has several different connotative definitions depending on where it's used in other places in the Bible. It can mean the natural world trees, and grass, and squirrels. And I don't think Christ is going to tell the disciples to go out and hate the tree. I don't think he's talking about the natural world, although that is a connotated definition of the Greek word cosmos. Uh, And the other thing is humanity, just people. So, uh, the world is all the people in the city, and that it's used that way in Greek. But he's not telling them to go hate humanity. So the third definition is the one that is true, I think. And the Greeks used the word cosmos to mean the i the, the, the philosophical structure of the world, the world's ideas, the world's philosophy, the world's culture. It's all of the things that we do and think in humanity. That's also a definition of cosmos in Greek. And that is almost certainly what Christ is referring to here. So when he says you are not in the world, uh, you're not of the world, but you are in the world, it means that you, you are separate and you are following Christ's teachings, but he wants you in the middle of culture. He wants us having an effect on other people's mistaken ideas. He wants us pre- interacting and preaching to the lost. Working.
3: A lot, of, a lot of believers don't believe in working, you know, in faith without works. His works being there for one another, yes. Wow, I completely
0: agree with Joe, that's so cool. No, okay, no. Those that are
3: hungry, feed them. You know, he says, When you feed someone that's hungry, you feed me, when you close someone that needs clothes, you clothe me. That's the works that he wants us to do to go around and speak life, which is sharing the gospel.
0: As I was studying, I came across uh another preacher who was preaching on this chapter and he offered this metaphor which I thought was awesome. And he said there is a, um, I think it's a cod, there is a, a fish that, uh, that, that, that okay, uh, I think he's in, I don't, I don't remember where it was, but uh, there's a fish industry and they were, uh, that was growing and they were supplying fish to seafood uh, restaurants in their area and they wanted to start shipping their seafood to other locations. And so uh, they would take this, this fish, and if they froze it, uh, cod is such a way that uh, of, of such consistency that if you freeze it and then unfreeze it, it loses its consistency and flavor. And it doesn't, it, it doesn't really have the same effect as eating fresh fish in the restaurant. And so they didn't want to ship frozen fish. So they decided that what the way they were going to do this is that they were going to uh, basically have an aquarium and, and ship the fish live in a uh, 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 cooler, basically. And so they shipped that across the country. And by the time it got there, the fish weren't, weren't spoiled like they were when they are frozen, but the consistency of the fish was not as firm, and it was soft. And, therefore, it didn't cook as well, and even though they were shipping it live. And they discovered that the best way to remedy that is to go ahead and keep the cooler and put the fish in. But then they would take a small catfish, which is an enemy of cod, and it eats cod. And they would put a, one catfish in this big vat of cod. And the cod would run from the catfish the whole time that it was in shipment. And And they would be in great shape by the time they get there and then their quality cod. And I thought that was a very excellent metaphor for what Christ is trying to say here. We not only should be, we're the cod, we should be in the world. Because when we separate ourselves and isolate ourselves within our little Christian bubbles and we kind of create our own little Protestant monasteries where we never come across anybody that has an opinion different than ours and we get soft, lazy and we don't, you know, because we're just getting the same you know, we, our own ideas reflected back at us. How, how do we stay sharp? How are we able to reach out? You know, and, and if we're isolating ourselves, we're not spreading the word either. So, But, you know, if you go out there in the world, in that philosophical miasma of culture that is America, and you start spreading Jesus, all you're going to get is... Pins and needles flying back, you know, it's and, and it's it's and not, not like, pleasant. It's hard.
3: When you go and share Christ with people, you're not you're not gonna go and throw the Bible at them. You're gonna love them right where they are at that moment. You know, so if you see someone on the streets that even if they're strung out on drugs or alcohol, or whatever it is, and you see that they're hungry, you see that they need some clothes, that you show that love and compassion and you go and bring them some clothes and then you take that time to encourage them about the word of God and let them know how much our Lord loves them. And that's how you bring Christ to people. You know, I want to specify and change the subject here a little bit. You know, because we were talking about who was Jesus speaking to? Just his disciples, we think, during that time. If we scroll down, I hate to scroll down if I'm underrated. If you scroll down to verse 20, it says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray for all who believe in me through their midst. Like Which, is talking about 20. Which is where
0: he begins the third section yeah. of this yeah. prayer. Yeah.
3: So he's praying, when, and, and, you know, because when you read right here at 17, it says, I send you into the world. I send them into the world for they sanctify myself, and they too will be truly sanctified. So a lot of people think he's just talking to his disciples, but he's praying to all because That's it specifies. It says, My prayer is for all. So, and this is after he prays this. So he's praying to all. Okay, I'm just saying. Well, I say I agree with you. I, he switches the.
1: I
0: pray. He, for I think he he's he's broadening the, the scope of I his prayer as he goes. You think but he's I, changing the prayer. It's the same prayer. Okay, Joe, you're not wrong. I don't <laughs> think that God thinks that. Yeah, I think God's praying for us. Jesus is praying for us. Yeah. Yeah, right. I think he's praying the same thing for us. You know uh we're we're, we're arguing about angels on a pen here it doesn't really no, does. because that. It's little
3: things like that it's little bitty things like that that people take out of context and then they miss the whole meaning of the scripture
0: i don't think they, i missed they, it they,
3: they kind of narrow it down instead of looking at it from the wide point of view they miss the whole meaning that the lord is talking about all his people here he's not just talking about his disciples but yes he was praying for them but like you said you know, it's for all, you know, so it
2: specifies on that right there. You're up, Bill. So just, when he gets to 20, he starts praying for the church. Yeah. And he starts praying for the unity of the church.
0: So
2: Let's this, go there. We have yet to
1: accomplish that. Well,
0: yeah. Unity. Oh, oh. See, see, I have that down for the next argument right there. We're about to talk unity. Let's read the passage first, and then I'll give it to you. Uh, 20, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who would believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you in, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that they... Does an old Beatles song pop into your head when you read this or is it just me? Same. <laughs> Never, never, mind. never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I am you, and you are me, and he is we, and we are all together. I am the Eggman. I am the Eggman. I am the Walrus. Cuckoo-cuckoo. Oh, oh, gosh. You <laughs>
1: went all the way around. Okay. Cut County. Okay. So, <laughs> I,
0: I, I'm sorry. I, I read that verse right there, and I hear John Lennon in my head. I'm sorry. I just do. Uh, okay. You're the Walrus. But yeah, I am the walrus. Uh, Father, just as you are in me and I'm in you. See, there it goes again. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the story that you have given me, that you may be one as we are one. I am in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity. Aha. So that the world know that you sent me and have loved them even if Jews love me. So Christ is kind of passing the mantle here to the disciples and then to the world. He wants God to, to, to pour out that, that unity and get, you know, that, that the disciples have onto the church that's coming. 24, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world righteous father though the world does not know you i know you and they know that you have sent me i have made you known to them and have, will continue to make you known in order that you love that 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 the love you have for me may be in them and that i myself may be in them
3: Amen. so we know it's all the same.
0: Yes, it's one prayer. Yes, uh, yes. That's not that for debate. I'll give you that. (laughs) Can we move on, please? Um, Hopefully that that helps
3: a little bit.
0: Well, I think I think we we obviously need to discuss unity. Uh, What does that mean? Does that mean that we all need to agree with each other? Oh my goodness, that's going to be hard in this class. Bye. I've run away. The music team once again. They, yeah. Yeah. They they they're leaving in disgust. Yeah. Bye. Bye.
2: No. Um, we. Christ has said it. Paul has said it. He wants people to be in one mind and one accord.
0: Okay. Well, we're not. So that doesn't mean that we. Does, does that mean we can still disagree? We can we disagree and still be in one accord? Yeah. We should yes. We should be able to. That's what. We Paul. Speaking as a member of the church board
1: I was got
0: in
2: here.
0: I think it's possible to disagree vehemently and still be in one accord. Yeah. Well, we, we, we bring up a topic in the board, and these are good men that I completely respect. And um, well, we mostly. <laughs> and uh, there, there are times, and uh, we, we, we'll discuss something. You know, we kind of bring an it, uh, item to the table, but we really don't vote until we've talked it out. And if you look at our minutes, it's uh, uh, motion made, motion seconded, everybody voted unanimous, move on. And that's how it all works. But what isn't reflected in there is the 15 minutes of – Debate that goes on over the table until everybody goes, okay. I guess that's the way we should go. And you that's know? only in this culture, because in another culture it's fifteen hours. Fifteen, 15 hours? 15 yeah. Hours. Well, hours. we're pretty much on the same page <laughs> in <laughs> our. And I really appreciate our board, and they're I think they're smart men, and we, we agree most of the time. Uh, there have only been a few instances where it's gotten. A little heated, and in the end, it, you know, we, we came to you an agreement. Well, in the agreement, I caved. What happened is I caved, <laughs> and I voted for the other guy's thing, even though I think my way would have been better, you know. But you know, I did vote that way, yeah. and I will I will stand behind my vote, even when, you know, uh, You're free <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I think we can be in unity. I don't think we, we, I don't think God is calling for us to stop being individuals. And I think he wants us to be individuals. And we're actually stronger being a bunch of individuals in unity. Well, we bring different ideas. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got a different background. One of the points in my sermon I'm going to say today is not the absence
1: of conflict. It's the presence of toxicity in your conflict
0: that's the problem. Oh, Nice. Okay, so internet you need to tune <laughs> into the other little thing on the website where Clayton is about to preach. So there you go. I think I think when it becomes too is he preach I to oh. did yeah. oh. yeah. yeah. So we're you were complaining the other day about yeah. not being able to preach. He was sitting there grinding his teeth. I've been here a lot more years than <laughs> <than people laughs> uh, I'm so sorry, Joe. You have to speak up and talk over, was, over. I mean, I think
3: at a point where it starts to divide when it comes to debating, it boils down to pride. So we just have to make sure that we humble ourselves, so we are open to things that we might be misinterpreting the scripture. You know what I mean? And that's what's really important because the Bible says to be mature and unite in the body of Christ, to grow in the faith. And how we grow in the faith is by establishing, rooting ourselves in the Word of God. You know what I mean? So that's that's how. We, so you we just have to have an open mind, and you know, just know that you know there's gonna be some people that are they're gonna take a certain scripture and misinterpret it and live and believe that. You know, and all you can do is share with what God has put onto your heart, and if they choose not to listen, that's their choice. Or you just keep, me, I keep my focus on the Lord, and I love, and I keep myself home with my brothers and sisters, and I pray for them. Amen.
0: Are we get into
3: next week?
0: or not. Uh, so, <laughs> here's the takeaway. We are out of time. Christ's is praying for himself so that uh, the Lord may keep his hand on what Christ is about to do. Then he prays for his disciples that they may be kept and sanctified and that God may guide them. And he says that he has given them the the, the word and they have obeyed the word. And that, that, and that the, through the words you gave me, they accepted them. And the way we develop our relationship with Christ is through his word. And I think the the, the takeaway there is that we need to study. I think study is a good thing. Uh, There are days when I would prefer not to, you know, but I think if we're going to develop this relationship that we have with God, and it is a relationship, if we're going to stay in his presence, we need to stay in his word. And we need to pray. And, And Christ prayed a lot. And if Christ who's God's son and is God, is praying to God more than you are, then maybe you should think that through, and, you know? And he is the Word. Yes. yes. And, and And he's trying to stay in tune with that relationship. And he wants us to be in him. We need to be praying and reading and studying the Word as he did. And because that's what he's praying for us. He wants us to have this same relationship that he's established with the disciples and then that's going to move out into the rest of the church. And that's that's the essence of this prayer.
2: And I think yeah. he was really concerned about them because he knew they were going to be scattered for a little while.
0: Yeah, and then in 18, bad things start happening. And so and that's, and that's the last teaching that we have from Christ before the Passion Play starts. You know, an emphasis that I,
3: Believe in. If you have the word in you, people are going to see
1: Jesus in you. Mm-hmm. And it. The, in, in
3: fact, the last resort is use words. Like show him mm-hmm. before you have to talk. You know what I'm saying? Yes.
1: Let's yeah. not just have the talk. Show the works. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like
3: the scripture that says, you know, you must take the plank out of your own eye before you can take the yeah. plank out of your brother's eye. The blind can't lead oh. the blind. Yeah. Someone has to be the light, and, and that's the word of God showing us how to live. So when we are Christ like, when we apply that discipline in our lives, then we start to understand. The Bible says that we have a lack of knowledge, ask of the, the words, of wisdom to ask for it. And God will give it it. graciously, but He says, don't sway to the left or to the right. So that means we're falling back on what you heard other people's, you know, opinions, read the word of God, you know, and its little details in the word that really pop out. So I would take time and really read and then understand what is being said here, you know, before you come to a
0: conclusion on what's being said. You know, no, no. Our 50 minutes is totally up. um Uh, We are uh, going to have a Father's Day next week, and there will be a big breakfast, and we will not have live class. We will start uh, Chapter 18 in two weeks for anybody listening. And I'm signing off. Thank you.